Welcome, everyone, to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and I'm your host for episode 57 of the Student Ministry Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to a good friend of mine for several years, Tom Pounder. Tom has been in ministry for quite a while now, but has been doing a lot in the area of digital ministry, um, both for his youth group and for his church as a whole. And I thought it'd be great to, to talk to him, especially right now when we are in the middle of this pandemic and trying to figure out what ministry looks like right now and moving forward. What does it look like to do digital youth ministry moving forward? Uh, should online small groups and an online youth pastors and all that sort of thing, should it be a thing or or what's it look like? And so we're going to talk about his story and, and dive into all that, but we're also going to talk about uh, ministry moving forward in whatever we are in right now. And so I'm so excited for you to hear this story. But before we jump into all that, I want to thank you guys for continuing to come back uh, over and over and uh, for recommending this podcast to your friends who are also in in youth ministry. Uh, thank you so much for, for doing all that, those things. And if you have not left a, a positive review, if you like what you hear and you haven't left a positive review um, on iTunes or whatever other podcast service you use, I would encourage you to do that. That just that helps so much. And that would be awesome uh, if you did that. I also want to thank our sponsor for today's podcast, and that is G-Shades Student Curriculum. G-Shades is not only a curriculum, it's also a teaching strategy that's focused on helping students see everyday life situations through the lens of the gospel. Since the pandemic has hit so many churches hard financially, G-Shades is actually offering six months of their middle school and high school curriculum absolutely free, and that started on July 1st. Each series includes full message manuscripts, teaching manuscripts, small group guides, parent guides, Instagram devotionals, games, graphic slides, and even bumper videos. Six months of G-Shades premium subscription is usually $140, but G-Shades is offering it to you for $0 to help you win with your lead pastor while churches begin to recover from this pandemic. So head to gshades.org to download six months of free youth ministry curriculum and tell a youth worker friend about it so they can also enjoy this awesome gift. Thank you so much, G-Shades. G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. I also want to make sure you guys are following us on social media. So if you haven't done so yet, head to at StuMinPod, that's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D on Twitter, at The Student Ministry Podcast on Instagram, and at The Student Ministry Podcast on Facebook. Be sure to follow us, like us, and all that stuff. We would love to to have you on there, for that growing community on there. And uh, if you haven't done so, you can also follow me at Steve Cullum on uh, f- Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, but with all that out of the way, let's jump into this conversation with Tom Pounder. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Tom. Glad to have you here. Hey, thanks for uh, asking me to be on the podcast, Steve. Yeah. Uh, so I, we have had the privilege of knowing each other for, I don't, do you know how long it's been? It's it, it's over 10 years. I know that. Yeah, it, it's been quite some time. I mean, again, it, it all blurs together these days. It does. 
<laughs> it does. Yeah. So, so Tom and I have been uh, orange bloggers for a really long time. I'm pretty sure you were actually the one that originally reached out to me uh, to be a part of the team, if I remember correctly. Um, and uh, remember you and Matt, I think were the kind of my go-to people when I was first joining the team and everything. So yeah, that was, that was like over a decade ago. So <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's awesome doing that kind of stuff. Again, again, you and I have never, well, actually, no, we have been in person numerous times because of yep. going to the conference and everything like that. But just uh, be able to communicate a lot with Twitter and other social platforms. It's kind of cool to keep up with you and, and see all the great stuff that you're doing on your blog and stuff. So. Well, thanks. Thanks. And uh, yeah, thanks for being a, a part of the, the decision-making process that had me to the team years ago. Um, I've, I've really been enjoying being a part of that, that team over the years. Uh, but so I, I know you fairly well, but maybe our, our podcast listeners uh, don't much know much about you. So I'd love to, to hear your story a little bit, um, how you maybe came into relationship with Christ and, and got into ministry. Yeah, uh, great. Uh, well, I am. Uh, I live in Northern Virginia, uh, so it's about, basically about twenty minutes outside of DC. And um, I, uh, I actually was born and raised here, which is abnormal for DC because DC is a very transient area with the military and government and all that stuff. People come and go every four years or so, uh, so it's odd for people to be there long term. But my dad actually, um, I was born in 1975, and so back then. Uh, you know, being a part of the CIA was, you were called working for the government. And so my dad worked for the government, AKA the CIA for like 30 some years. So that's, he's from Pennsylvania. So he moved down here, him and my mom had my brothers and I. And so we just stayed here. There's lots of cool opportunities down here in Northern Virginia. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I grew up here. Uh, we spent a few years overseas uh, for stuff in the early 80s, but then uh, came back here. And, you know, my family always kind of went to church um, and they were always believers. My mom and dad just went to church all the time. And uh, it was kind of cool to be a part of that. But, you know, God was really never a part of my life growing up, really. I mean, again, I had good morals, I would say. Like, I, I would do the right thing all the time, but I would never correlate it with, I did these good things because Jesus was in my life, you know. Um, but I do remember very specifically praying a prayer with my mom and I have a twin brother. So I have an older brother, a younger brother and a twin brother. Um, and, uh, I remember praying a prayer. We were making Christmas cookies with my mom and we asked my mom, how do you have Jesus in your heart? Like, how do you get Jesus in your life? We must've heard something at Sunday school or something like that. Um, and so my mom said, just pray this prayer with me. And so we did. And ever since that day, I, I pictured a little Jesus in my heart. Like as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid, I'm like, I just picture this Jesus actively living in my heart right there. Um, but again, Jesus was never really important in my life. Uh, we would go to church. I was never really involved with youth group at all um, until about my sophomore year in high school um, when we got this new youth pastor. I went to an Episcopal church growing up, <clears throat> and so... Um, this new youth pastor came in. He was young. He was crazy. Um, and he had, he took an interest in my brother and I and some of our friends. And so we kind of hung out and, uh, he would do, we would do some fun things. He would also talk to us about Jesus more and it became more interesting, but still like I was in high school, I was playing baseball. I was going to all the football games. I was like, actually my, my senior year, I was voted most spirited male. My brother and I were most spirited males in our senior <laughs> class. 
we just love going to all the like the stuff and be like big rah-rah guys. But um, I remember the summer between my junior year and senior year in high school, um, uh, my mom signed me up for this mission trip. Actually, my twin brother and I up for this mission trip. And we wouldn't, we never went to any youth group related. So for my mom to sign us up for this mission trip, <laughs> like, mom, what are you doing? Come on, mom. Um, but God bless her soul. Um, she signed us up and, um, my twin brother did not go, but for some reason I decided to go. And, um, and that changed my life because mm-hmm. I realized that right then and there, um, serving other people and helping other people was what gave me fulfillment in life. Like I had a good life. I, I my parents treated me really good. Again, loving family. Uh, they were godly people, but um, it was their serving people that gave me a purpose and a fulfillment in my life that I've never had before. And I attributed that to Jesus. And, you know, I looked at my youth pastor and I said, man, if this guy gets to do this for a career, like, this is what I want to do. I, I would love to do this. Um, now, I didn't immediately become a youth pastor, but what I ended up doing was I started getting more involved with church stuff. I started going to youth group. I started getting involved with a small group. Um, and I uh, started memorizing scripture. I actually started reading the Bible first, and then I started <laughs> memorizing scripture. <laughs> I remember my, back in the days, my mom would always make us memorize scripture from time to time, and I would always look for the, the shortest verse in the Bible, as I <laughs> yeah. think most kids would. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, but this one I actually played along with, and uh, I really loved memorizing scripture. It was, uh, I did the TMS stuff from the Navigators, the topical mm. memory system, and that was really cool. Um, and again, even though like, so I became really involved and I took my faith seriously. It was a, a huge spiritual growth year for me, but I wasn't a career for me yet. Um, I, um, I, I love computers. Growing up, I love computers. I remember my very first computer we had at home was an IBM PS2 in the late eighties. Um, and uh, they, it was the one with the first hard floppy drive kind of deal oh. not the big one but the hard mm-hmm. smaller one and i remember i think it had like um 512k as the hard drive that's the hard drive yeah. <laughs> um and i erased it one day and um my mom was like wow oh, tom what did you do I, I was just playing around with it. i was so curious with it um but uh anyways but i had a huge heart for computer stuff and so i went to college actually with the idea of being a computer major and doing something with computers. Um, But again, my freshman year, I just had a kind of a crisis of faith a little bit, a little bit um, where I took a religion class and they were teaching stuff that I, I wasn't familiar with. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know. And I was like, this is odd to me. And, And this didn't seem right to me in some ways too. And so I would call my pastor and I'd call my youth pastor and just like, what, what's going on here? What's true? What's not true? And it gave me a real thirst and hunger to study the Bible more. Um, again, even though I was doing Bible studies and all that kind of stuff, I never really um, dug into it and learned about it. And so at that point, I said, you know, I don't want to do computers anymore. I want to study the Bible. I want to learn how to do this. And I want to be a youth guy. So I transferred colleges. I ended up graduating from Messiah College. Um, and then, um, uh, in 1997, I got my first job as an intern. I made $15,000 a year, no health insurance, nothing, um, full time. 
And um, I was living the life. I, I loved it. I loved every moment of it. Um, I was a middle school intern. And I will say to this day, now at 45 years old, I still love hanging out with middle school kids more mm. than I do high school kids. <laughs> There's something different about those kids. Um, I mean, I love hanging out with high school kids, but sure. the middle school kids is different. And um, I didn't want to become a middle school intern. I just, um, but that was the only position available. And so I prayed about it. And that was one of the first few times I really felt peace that God gave me mm. peace on a decision that I needed to make. And it, it led me down the path to where I became a, a, a middle school minister. I worked with Young Life for a little bit. Then I became a youth director at a church where I served for seven and a half years. And now I've been at New Life Christian Church for almost 10 years now. Uh, serving in a variety of positions. I started off as family minister, then student minister only. Then now I'm doing student and online ministry. And I've been doing that for about five years now. So um, that's kind of a little bit of a story of how I got to where I'm at right there. Yeah, so. That's cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I didn't I didn't actually realize that our stories are somewhat similar, um, where God actually stopped me from starting a, a college uh, degree in computers. Uh, so I didn't get to my freshman year in it, but, um, but I was heading down that path as well. And, and he changed my path right before my freshman year. But, uh, yeah, I was cool. heading down that same direction. I think we may have had that same computer. I, my grandpa actually, uh, was the one that got me connected. And I remember he had like a, an old, uh, Tandy computer. Uh, and yeah. I remember when he switched over to the flop from the actual floppies, the hard floppies and I remember that's still the same day that uh, he got he got home. And I think we had a Windows 3.1 on that computer. And I remember him being really, really excited about having a one gigabyte hard drive. He's like, I'm <laughs> never going to fill this up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we always say. We're never going to yeah. fill it. Yeah. Never, never. <laughs> so, uh, so I love the fact that, um, that you do both do student ministry and online ministry. Um, so, unpack that a little bit. Like, what does that look like for you? What's, uh, I know we are in, you know, weird times right now with all the COVID stuff, uh, and everything. So maybe your, your typical ministry is not what is actually happening right now, but, um, but I'd love to, to hear what is, what does your ministry structure look like? What's that look like for you on a, on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, no, that's good. Good question. So about five years ago, we, we got connected, um, our church is really connected with Exponential, the church planning conference. Um, and so uh, they approached us. They were doing some stuff um, with uh, live streaming uh, and mm. doing some live streaming on their on their end for their conferences. And so we started dabbling with it. And then they, they ended up giving us their equipment. They said, can you store this equipment and we just use it whenever we need it? And we're like, okay. <laughs> and so... Nice. Um, my executive pastor came up to me and said, Hey Tom, <clears throat> this, I'm st the student minister at this time. And he's like, Hey Tom, you're on Facebook all the time. Why you, you want to be our online campus pastor? We're going to start this, this online campus stuff. I'm like, uh, uh, okay. I like, <laughs> I'll think about it. And he's like, yeah, just pray about it. Just pray about it. Two days later where he and I are in another meeting with a few other people. And he's like, yeah, Tom, um, is praying about this being our online campus pastor. And I, I was kind of surprised by it. He just openly said, I thought we were just going to keep it between the two of us yeah. that we were, <laughs> we were praying about this. And then he told, and then literally a week later, he said in another meeting, yeah, Tom is going to be the online campus pastor. <laughs> <And so laughs> Didn't wait for I'm your like, answer. 
Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing, Steve, about me is that uh, I love computers. I love tech stuff, but I, I don't know all the technical stuff of it. I mean, again, I know enough to get myself in trouble, but I don't know all these tech stuff. And so uh, we started the process of um, getting our live streaming working together. Uh, and that was our first step of what we wanted to do. And so I worked with a team of people who um, knew all the technical side of things. Mm. But it, it really started off at first, it was really easy to juggle student ministry and, and online campus stuff because we were just live streaming our services. We, you know, we used the church online platform, which made it uh -huh. easy and it's free. Um, and we'd throw it up there. We'd get a few chat hosts and bam, we got Sunday services. It's great. But as we started to develop it a little bit, we started looking at online discipleship. Again, we called ourselves a campus. And so if, if we were just a campus, we had to do, I felt like, some discipleship stuff. So what were we going to do with discipleship? Um, and so I looked at a few different options at that time. Again, this is four or five years ago. We've, we've come so far. I mean, it's, it seems not that long ago, but... It really is like in regards to church online stuff, we've come so far in the past five years. But I started off doing Google groups um, and uh, we, we would start Bible studies with Google groups. And what I liked about it was <clears throat> I would post a lesson on Monday and then we would have all week to process it through. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to take Sunday morning viewers and invite them to these discipleship groups to encourage them to take steps of faith. Um, and um, we did Google groups at first. It worked out well, but then as technology got better, Facebook groups was definitely a better option for us. So we started doing some Facebook groups. Um, we started doing um, uh, text in church kind of groups mm -hmm. where we would text out Bible encouragements and we would encourage them as they got closer to Christmas or as they got closer to Easter um, we really try to seek engagement all throughout the week with them, mm -hmm. not just on Sunday morning live streaming. And, and what we would end up doing, too, is we started rebroadcasting our services and trying to make connections throughout the week uh, with people and uh, start utilizing email a little bit. Well, mm -hmm. as we started doing more online stuff, you know, the student ministry stuff, which was there and now, like, which I was getting paid full time for at that time, mm -hmm. even I amp on all this other stuff it made it really tricky. Um, and, um, now there's some overlap, obviously when you're doing student ministry, you're on Facebook, you know, sure. connecting with parents, you're on Instagram, connecting with kids and Snapchat or whatever else. I mean, TikTok. I actually love TikTok right now. I mean, <laughs> are you on TikTok? I'm on there. Yeah. I, I, I get overwhelmed by TikTok still. Like I need to, I need to train the algorithm a little more because I get on there and I, there's a whole bunch of stuff I don't want to see still. So I think I need to find some, some people I want to follow and, and hopefully uh, start seeing stuff that I want to see now. Yeah. I, I created one during this COVID season and, um, uh, and I, I love it now it's a whole different bag, but I, sure. I find myself liking it a whole lot more than I do like getting on Instagram right now. Um, it's, it's really I, interesting how, how it did switch because I remember when I came to this church, I remember three years ago, we would joke about TikTok and we were like, ha you know, whatever. And now probably 90% of our students have accounts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I remember, um, cause I wrote a blog about this a while back, but, um, you know, uh, it used to be called Musical.ly. And my yep. girls, when they were like tweens, my, my own mm -hmm. girls, 
would um would play this musically thing and it was all just dance stuff and then TikTok bought it out and all this stuff and I kind of poo-pooed it until we're all online and I'm like what what other content can we create so mm. anyway so it's a it's a juggling act Steve honestly because a lot of what you do in student ministry you you have those in-person connections you need that stuff mm-hmm. uh, and then a lot of what you do online is it's actually all online obviously you want to work them to get to come into physical church location you want to work it to where they might come to your student ministry uh if they're local but um it, it's really two different bags and I, I actually found myself um when i was really focused on online stuff there was like almost like a little depression going on because mm. i didn't have that face-to-face interaction with people as much yeah. and then, so when then i dig deep in the student ministry where there's so much physical contact and just face-to-face interactions going out to coffees or or doing bible studies it's really just kind of a fun thing to do that way yeah that's really cool uh, one thing i it's funny that you mentioned yeah if if the students are or the people that you're reaching are you know local the goal would be to try to connect them but i think that one of the cool things that that we've seen I, i'm assuming you guys have seen as well as we're reaching people that are way out of our you know local you know uh church you know the normal range of people that we would reach like we've had people from all over the country sometimes other countries that will tune in and get connected we had we did game nights for a while at the very beginning of all this and um we had some a kid that would come in from ohio and we're in colorado he's like yeah i just love hanging out with you guys and we're like so we got to share our faith with them a little bit and it was just a really cool thing and all we were gonna do was put jackbox on youtube and uh and and we ended up, you know, connecting with a teenager out of Ohio and, and hopefully, you know, to help them take one step closer to Jesus through the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's great. Online provides you so many opportunities and again, doing your game nights. I mean, you gave me, was seeing you do those game nights with Jackbox gave me the inspiration. We modified it a little bit. We couldn't do what exactly what you were doing, but we, we doing game nights using Jackbox stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's fantastic. The kids love it. I mean, it is a great, great tool. Yeah, it definitely is. So, so I'd love to know, like, you know, thinking, thinking in the future, um, cause normally, you know, on, on every one of these episodes, we talk about what your ministry currently look like, but I'd love to maybe, maybe speculate a little bit, like, uh, dream a little bit where, where is God taking ministry in the future, specifically student ministry. When we think about online, like do you guys, do you have any insights, especially being in that world for five years already? Yeah, I, I, you know, there's a few different thoughts I, I've had about this. Um, is that you know, I think a lot of the fear that people had about doing online ministry to start was that it was going to take people away from your existing church mm. building or your existing group. There's all that fear, and it, it really is fear. It's unfounded. It, it's not true. Um, but the reality is, I think what we discovered through this COVID thing is that people crave that face-to-face interaction. Mm. And as much as we can do online stuff, Zoom fatigue is real. Online <laughs> fatigue is real. And if everything you do is online, it, it's, it's not going to be effective. I, I don't know what your stats were, uh, Steve, but in our group, uh, we started off, okay, we started off pretty good in our student ministry, everyone on Zoom. That wasn't, well, it wasn't everybody that we would have in our groups on Zoom, but we had a lot of people. And then mm-hmm. slowly but surely, yep. I mean, and I told our leaders, I said, guys, if we're not meeting in person in some fashion, we're going to lose our kids. We are mm-hmm. going to absolutely lose them. So 
I know it's dangerous. I know it's hard um, to get out there and, and be with kids. You're, you're risking stuff, but we, we have to be with kids. Um, and so, you know, again, we've discovered and experimented a lot with the online stuff, but I think the one thing I'm taking away from it is you need to have a balance. Um, mm. Now we have an opportunity to, to do more online stuff, um, but we have to have that balance of the online with the physical um, connection. Um, I, you know, one of the things with, from COVID was there are a bunch of things I've wanted to do. And I don't know if this is true for you and your ministry too, but there were things that I always wanted to do. Like for instance, I always wanted to do a YouTube youth group. Mm-hmm. Like I always wanted to put it up on YouTube and I said, no, nah, I never have time for that. I don't, I can't right. do that. Um, but now I had time and I figured it out. Um, now for our ministry, it works for our context. Um, and so we just started doing a YouTube, uh, Wednesday night, midweek service. And, uh, again, it didn't go crazy. We didn't get hundreds of people there, but we got a good amount of views and, um, and I, it left me thinking, this is something we need to continue to experiment with and work with, um, with YouTube is that kids are on it. Um, I, the, one of the stats I saw recently was that 85 kids spend 85 minutes a day on average on YouTube, they spend 80 minutes a day on average on TikTok. Now, if you're at my house, Steve, you'll know that they're on that way more than 80 yeah. and 85 minutes. <laughs> but that, that's the average. Um, and so these kids are on these video platforms. And so how can I create content to supplement what we're doing in person? It's not even reinventing the wheel. Like it, what I've been doing, Steve, um, is that I've been taking messages that I would give in person and just record them on video and then put them out on content with YouTube. And then I, then I would actually try to shrink it. I, I, I haven't been able to do this on all of them, but I would shrink it and put a minute of it on YouTube. I'm uh, not YouTube, uh, Instagram and a minute of it on um, uh, the TikTok and just try to put the content out there to see what we can get. Because again, I think, like you said, with your your game nights getting exposure from different states, you're going to get exposure. And whether someone comes to know Jesus at my church or at your church, if they see something online, maybe that's a seed planted that that is something good. So I'm really taken out of this YouTube and TikTok and these video contents of how can I create content to share out with them and try not to replicate like trying to replicate what i'm already doing and not create extra work because Mm. honestly we're going to go back to some sort of thing eventually um and again i'm already starting to do some things in person but you know you got to find the right balancing act and that that's a key thing right there yeah i think that's that's the big thing that that keeps coming back into my mind as as a church as a whole, um, but specifically in student ministry, that if, if we've kind of figured out that online ministry is a real thing and it should be a real thing moving forward, then continuing to put a lot of solid effort toward that is a really good thing. We should be doing that as a church, but also we are going to hopefully be able to meet back in, in person again and be able to do, you know, quote unquote, real ministry, whatever that looks like in the future, um, again, in person. So real ministry happening in, in person, real ministry happening online. And all of a sudden my mind starts going, 
how are we going to be able to do both and focus on both in in the right way? And and so I don't know. I, my my thoughts even go to like, are we like should that be something as we build our our church staffs, as we build our our student ministry teams? Should we be recruiting? specifically online people like volunteers and eventually staff people to, to focus on that area. I don't know. Yeah. Any thoughts about that? Yeah, I actually do. Um, because, um, it was so funny this every summer we do summer interns at my church and I go around and recruit them. I live out my college years all over again and, uh, (laughs) stay on campuses and stuff. But, uh, we had uh, some college kids that were supposed to come in, but because of COVID, they couldn't come in. We didn't have any physical ministry for them to do. So what I asked one of the guys, the, the kid needed credit for college. Um, so I talked to his instructor. I'm like, here's the deal. Let's throw this outside the box here. Um, what if we just hired him as a virtual guy? He's from Texas. So he was going to come to Virginia and, and hang with us for the few months. I said, he can stay in Texas. We'll do this all through Zoom. I can give him training and equipping and whatnot, um, but I would love to do this virtual internship with him. And I came, I even wrote up a job description and everything. The guy ended up turning it down saying, nah, I don't, th- now th- I said this around early May, mid-May, when COVID was still like, maybe we might be okay in June. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here it is, July. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, so, uh, but he wasn't buying it. He said, no, this kid needs in-person connection. I've got him set up for something in the fall, which who knows if they're going to even be able to do that in the fall. Right. But um, the reality is, um, I, I think there's real opportunities to do virtual ministry um, and to hire people virtually. Uh, obviously, I don't think that's as ideal, but I think as we go down this path a little bit more, people aren't like, I mean, I have some really strong core students in my student ministry that are not coming outside. They're staying inside. Their parents will not let them come outside. Um, and so there has to be a way for us to virtually minister to them. And I, I think there is an opportunity. It still has to get flushed out, but I think there's opportunities to do virtual student ministry in some capacity where you have a guy that's dedicated just to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's interesting. You mentioned that you have students that, that are core students that are just not a part of that. And that's, that's actually got me thinking about how all of this like pushed us forward as a culture so fast into technology and things that we were not okay with, you know, video calls and things like that now all of a sudden are a normal thing. So even to let our existing small group leaders know, Hey, if, if you've got a student that is going on vacation or going to be traveling and they're not going to make it to your small group, consider opening a laptop or whatever and firing up zoom and let them still participate. And maybe they'll, they'll actually still be able to be connected even if they are away from the church or whatever. And I think, you know, little things like that are, are interesting and, but it also gets me thinking, should we have online small groups for students? Should that be a, a thing that we, that this may be the first step for students that aren't ready to come to the church building yet? I don't know. It gets me kind of thinking about that kind of stuff too. No, I, I think you're right on. I, what we're planning on doing right now, as we speak right now, it could change, but mm-hmm. what I like to do is every time we have an in-person gathering to have a laptop or an iPad set up on Zoom so that people can experience it. Now, it's not going to be the, the same experience. 
and which will hopefully then take them from, hey, if I'm just checking this out for the first time, I can check it out. And then maybe I'll come in a week or two, kind of like what they do with online church right now. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I do think that's a really good option, Steve, because uh, it gives kids an opportunity that if for some reason they're traveling or whatnot, they, they can participate. You know, when, when we were online only, um, I do an alumni group too um, over the summer. And um, I just threw it out to everyone of our alumni group, people who don't even live in our area anymore. And one of the kids from Texas connected with us. He moved to Texas a few years ago and he would, he would chime in every single week. It was nice. really cool that that provided the opportunity for him to connect like that. So That's I think really you're cool. right on there. These online small groups, I think are a real possibility. It still seems weird now, but who knows when we're talking in a year from now, when we see each other at the orange conference next year, you know, who knows, maybe we are all doing online groups. <laughs> right. Right. I, I forget who was telling me the other day, but there was someone that, that said, um, as we think about our, our high school students transitioning into college, um, to also think about, you know, maybe you could do an existing, you know, a graduate group that yeah. also helps them, you know, take that next step into their faith, eventually get connected, but it's still an online group that, that continues to go. Yeah, yeah I, I think that this opens up lots of possibilities. And I think one of the key things, and I, I'm sure you're experiencing this um, as well, is just the, you have to set boundaries now. Whereas before, like, we have a workaholic environment, you know, whatever, you know, you have to set up boundaries because if you're always working, you're, you're not replenishing your own soul. And now that you're online, there's never a time that you can't be working, you know? And so that's where we have to draw the boundaries too. So. Yeah. Yeah. How has that been for you? Like, is there any, uh, you know, certain things that you've had to put in place to make sure that you have those boundaries? Cause you know, you've got five years of in advance on us. Yeah, but you know, it's so funny because while we were still doing a good amount of stuff online, when we went online only, we went super like online. Mm-hmm. Like they were they were doing our church because everyone became a digital minister now. Everyone became an online minister. And so our church is like, we've got to have video devotionals every single day. And I'm like, what the? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, every day? That's a lot. Um, but they were doing video devotions every day. They were sending texts out all the time. It was supercharged and mm. a month in I was at, I was spent. I was like, I mm. can't do this anymore. Like I, I don't know what to do because even though we were familiar with what we were doing and comfortable with it, we just went so far overboard and it got to the point where I just had to say, why am I watching a movie with my kids with my laptop one? Forget this. Mm. And I just would shut my monitor and I'm like, Work can work can happen tomorrow. There's always work to be done. We all know that. We just have to we have to do it. Um, and if you don't have boundaries in place, you'll get you'll get abused on it. Like if you're not if you don't have your family members holding you in check, your wife or your spouse or your kids holding you in check. I mean, I have a tendency to work way too much, and so I just gotta shut the computer and just say, okay, I'm done. God is good. God has been honored. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I wish I had better advice for you, Steve. <laughs> no, I mean that—that's huge. I mean, just uh, I think I think the best advice really is to sometimes just shut the laptop, turn the phone off, and and just really create those hard boundaries. Um, 
because I, I've also found it like there's, there are certain people on our church staff that were very compartmentalized kind of people. They came by that naturally. So this was really hard for them. I have always lived a life that where lines have been blurred. Um, so the transition into this lifestyle was easier for me, but the, the challenges were still there because I was, I was working, you know, sometimes not 24 seven, but pretty close to 24 seven at times. And I needed to take that time to just, just focus on my relationship with God, just focus on family, just get away, um, get outside, go for a hike, whatever it was, um, to just step away from work. Cause it's, it's really easy to get burned out during this time. Yep. I, I agree completely. So Tom, you've shared uh, some awesome advice already and some tips, but uh, our, our podcast listeners are, I'm sure they're chomping at the bit. What other tips and tricks uh, have you learned over the years that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, a lot of times I, I love to ask this question. Hopefully it doesn't throw you off what you're planning to share. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, like if you could think back, you know, 10 years ago, um, if you could share, you know, some things or 20 years ago, whatever it was, it's like, okay, Tom, uh, if you're starting out a ministry, you need to do this now, the things that you've learned now that could have made ministry better. Yeah. You know, one thing I did a lot, and this was, this does tie along with what I was going to say is, you know, one of the things I would do a lot is I would see what's trending for like what techniques or tips or whatnot, and just go after that. Um, mm. I don't, I don't know if you remember when live streaming first came out, Steve, but Meerkat was the premier mm -hmm. thing. It was released at South by Southwest. Everybody yeah. was on Meerkat. I got to get on Meerkat. I got to get on. I got to do these live videos now. And then yeah. Periscope came out and then they got absorbed by Twitter and then Facebook. It, it, the point is don't chase after the fad just because it's there or the trend just because it's there. If it doesn't fit into your ministry context, don't use it. Like mm -hmm. TikTok didn't fit into our ministry context until COVID hit. Now I have really cool ideas on how I can utilize TikTok. Uh, and now I'm using it for ministry. I'm not using it for my own personal use. Uh, <laughs> although sometimes I can get sucked in when I'm scrolling through this. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, same thing with Snapchat. For years, I resisted Snapchat. Um, I wasn't going to be about Snapchat. Just had a, a thing, whatever. But then I started fooling around with it a little bit, and I started experimenting. And I found that it was a good way for me to communicate with some kids. Um, mm. And so – like the, the tendency is to chase after what's hot and what's, what's going on right now. But if it doesn't fit into your ministry context, don't use it. Um, you know, again, utilize what you can, because if you do everything, you're not going to do anything well. Mm. And so, the, and that's what we're juggling right now. It's like, okay, so as we're coming out of this, what are, what are we going to be able to continue to do? And that's why it was the big thing I learned too from this is think about sustainability. What mm. can you sustain over time? This YouTube youth group event is something we can, I believe, sustain over time because it's only 30 minutes long. We can record segments at a time in preparation and all that kind of stuff. So we, I figured it out how we can sustain it over time. If you cannot sustain what you're doing, then don't dive into it. And that's where tech can get you really crazy because you think you got your phone with you, you got everything, you can do everything. Well, no, not really. Um, right. So... <laughs> So those are the, some of the things that I have kind of figured out along this that I think would be good tips moving forward. 
Cool. Thank you so much. That's, that's huge. Um, Cause I think, like you said, like a lot of, a lot of churches, a lot of ministries, I kind of got overwhelmed by, by some of the groups that I'm in. I'm sure you probably did too. Like yeah. everybody's like, I have to do something all the time, every day, all the time. Like, did you do that before? Like why, what's yeah. this different now? Like, but we just, there was this desire to like have everything and do everything and, and, it definitely got overwhelming. Uh, so yeah, being, being selective, uh, thinking about sustainability, that's, those are, those are huge things for sure. Um, Tom, I'm sure that people are going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to pick your brain a little more and, and, uh, you've got a blog, you've got your own podcast as well. So plug away. I would love for people to to check out (laughs) your stuff. (laughs) <laughs> well, if you want to ask me a question, I, I live on Twitter, and I know that's not the cool thing to do, but I love Twitter. Uh, so my uh, Twitter handle's at TA Pounder, and uh, uh, you know I'm happy to talk to you on there as well. Um, uh, I do do a, a blog. It's YMSidekick.com. I talk about student ministry and social media stuff, basically. Um, and then I run a Facebook group, Digital Bootcamp, which I just, we talk about digital tools. That's pretty fun for me to do and talk. And any minister can kind of be a part of it. So it's, those are the things I kind of hang out with. Cool, cool. And you can always check out Tom around uh, Orange Conference, and yes. we we blog like crazy, and and maybe around the uh, the uh, Youth Works Convention again this year if we're yeah, able to meet I, in person. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I hope I can go to that thing, but who knows? You're right. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was telling. Uh, our students the other day, I was like, well, I'm supposed to be in Ohio in uh, November. And they're like, Ooh, I don't know if you should go there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, hopefully we'll be able to meet in person again soon and, and go to, you know, things like the convention and orange conference and all that stuff. Yeah. But Tom, thanks so much for being on. I appreciate uh, you and your encouragement and our teamwork over the years, uh, doing stuff online and, and all that you're doing for, for your students and, and your church there in, in Virginia as well. And may God bless your ministry. Hey, thanks, Steve. And uh, you too, man. You're an encouragement to me as well. Thanks again for being here for episode 57 of the Student Ministry Podcast. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to follow us on social media. You can also follow me on social media. And while you're doing that, if you have someone that we need to talk to in a future episode, be sure to shoot us a link to their profile, send us a name, send us an email, whatever it is, and say, hey, this person definitely needs to be on a future show. You need to hear their story. And so does the world of youth ministry. They need to hear their story. So be just sure to uh, to shoot us some names. That'd be awesome. And also, we want to thank our sponsor for this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast, and that's G Shades. If you haven't checked out their website yet, gshades.org, especially right now because Starting on July 1st, they started offering six months of curriculum for free. So just head to G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G. And thank you so much, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. We're going to be back again with another interview. We're going to keep this rolling. So again, if you if you know someone that we need to talk to, make sure that we know. Um, but in the meantime, make sure you share this with other youth workers. Make sure that you subscribe to us and get the word out to other people. It just uh, helps more people hear the awesome stories that God is doing in the lives of all these youth workers. Um, I just get the privilege of, of being able to talk to them and, and hear what God is doing and then share them with you. So thank you so much for allowing me that opportunity. And uh, like I 
I said, we'll be back again on the next episode with another conversation with another amazing youth worker. But until then, may God bless your ministry.